fantasy. And we are now live. I've always been alive. Good to be alive. It feels good. Alive on a Wednesday. Looks like everybody in our league is alive in the standings. Uh, no perfect scores and no 0-3s. So that'll bring us right into the week six uh, preview. Well, the week six of our podcast. I guess it's only, what, week four here in the fantasy football world. But I'm here with Peter Higgins. Peter, how are you doing tonight? Doing good, Ben. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Uh, turning it around a lot quicker than I did there. It was kind of a long intro, so thanks for bearing with me and not getting too distracted. What? Yeah. <laughs> you were you were uh, on your way to 3-0, and and then you got curb stomping quite a little bit of a flippery flip there from yes. first to not the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we can – well, you know what? I guess we might as well just jump right into the weekly uh, recap. Uh, let's start off with my game against uh, Chubby Rumpel Pigskins. I think that was your lock of the week, Pete. I think you picked that upset, didn't you? I did. Was it really an upset? I, I mean, he was always originally projected higher than me, so technically not. Uh, yeah. Technically not, although, uh, you know, just, just an amazing performances on my team. Baltimore getting a negative three points, uh, very rare for a defense to – to be able to chalk up that uh, yeah. just, just did not show up to play in London this week. No, that was a shocker that uh, I didn't, I went to the bears game this week. We can talk about that a little bit more later, but seeing that final score come across the screen, I was like, wait, what? I, I didn't believe that that had happened. I didn't see any of the game or anything. I just saw the final score on the big screen. And I was just like, no, that's not right. But it was, they got fucking shellacked by, uh, the Jaguars, they get, I guess they didn't even have a sack or anything because it no. only says plus 35 points allowed. It's not like Broom's defense did much for him either. Seattle got <laughs> .64 against Tennessee. Yeah, well, that helped him. What didn't help me was leaving Stephon Diggs on my bench, but who could have thought that with Case Keenum that he was going to just go off? Uh, yeah, good point. So I was trying to hedge my wow. bets there, but I don't – I don't really know. I, I haven't looked too much into it, but I don't know that I could have put together a lineup that would have beat uh, McBroom. I just had some really dismal uh, performances. Yeah, rough one. Uh, ben had 73 total points. The lowest this season, probably. Five. Oh, yeah. I think I almost had 73 points with uh, just my running backs. I definitely I think I did. Well. Although I was happy to see Kirk Cousins get back into his uh, groove and do what he does best, throw on a bunch of touchdowns. But it wasn't the highest uh, touchdown of the week but, or the highest quarterback performance. Even against the other side, uh, Russell Wilson with 34.5 uh, points, he still wasn't even the highest with four passing touchdowns and over 370 yards. Mm-hmm. And he had 26 rushing yards. It was a big game for him, and I, I think a lot of that was kind of garbage time too because Tennessee was up pretty big there later in yeah. the game. Yeah. Uh, um, what else do you have? Uh, 
oh, you started Crabtree. I had Cooper in another league. That was just a shocking performance from uh, the Raiders against Washington. Yeah, I think the Raiders and the Jacksonville game were both the biggest shockers. Uh, people did not expect that, although there was some shocking going down in the Windy City as well. But Oh, yeah. Again, we, we'll just tantalize that for the moment and tease it for later. Deal. Um, yeah, well, it was a big loss for you, and a uh, big one for Broom. Get out of the cellar. Yeah, climbing out into ninth place. No longer, no longer draft slaves, so unfortunately. It'll be a fun, hot race for draft slaves, as always. Yeah. Ooh, Vaughn is currently our draft slave. Yeah, let's let's jump into that game then, since uh, now Ooh. we're getting the pack for the the draft slave race is uh, Face Police at one and two, only putting up uh, ninety one points in his matchup against Executive Branch, who had one hundred and sixty four, really good performance there as well. Yeah, yeah, he had Eli have a insane fourth quarter with the Giants. And his boy, Delvin Cook, Howard, Howard's uh, own Viking, had a big game. It's a really solid rookie running back class. There's, I mean, off the top of my head, there's what? There's Cook, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, uh, our boy Tariq Cohen. There's also McCaffrey hasn't really done much either. Um, but there's a lot of good rookie running backs, a lot of good young running backs out there. Yeah, and I think there's some guys, you know, who are waiting in line for uh... – couple of the senior guys to kind of quit. Oh, well, they really haven't been putting up points so that they're starting to get that itch where they might be putting those rookies in as they learn the playbooks. So it'll be interesting. Stay on the waiver wire, people, because there are there's lots to be had out there. There may be some league winners who are still undrafted or unclaimed. Who? Oh, I actually I don't know that there's anybody who's not unclaimed, but I think there are some people who are riding the bench that may be... Well, who's have, riding... I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess uh, I can only I, I, think of like, Derek got, Henry, but Murray's Chris Carson. Chris Carson, I think is he's up and coming. I've got him on my bench. I'm kind of waiting mm. for that to to percolate a little bit. Yeah, you can hope that a seventh round rookie running back is going to do good things with that abysmal offensive line. But that's that's true. Who knows? I think Thomas Rawls was an undrafted rookie when he had his big year. But I don't know. I wouldn't count too much on Chris Carson. Oh, I'm not, but I'm anyway. not putting all my eggs in that basket. Oh, Look, yeah. What else? So here. Derek Carr was that big disappointment for, uh, you know, the face police. Yeah. That's six, 6.2 points, not really doing it. And Ben Roethlisberger really, you know, just not even showing up in Chicago either. Now he's been notoriously terrible on the road. Uh, so that was a little – I mean – I think that's more predictable than Derek Carr just farting in Washington. Uh, Washington does not have a good defense, and Chicago's got a surprisingly decent defense, especially if you look back at you know, the Falcons game and uh, the Bucks game. I mean, the way that teams have sport- scored against the Bears, um, their offense and special teams, the Bears' defense has been put in some tough holes, so... Uh, the points that they have given up, like even against the Steelers this week, they gave up a short yardage touchdown off of a Jordan Howard fumble that was not a fumble. But, yeah, the Bears had pretty good defense. I was just very, very surprised by the Oakland game. I thought Oakland was one of the best five teams in the league this year, and Washington is middle of the pack. But Washington just took it to them. 
all game. Yeah. And just, I thought that offense was very, very good. And it still probably is very, very good. And I think this is going to be more of an aberration than a trend for Oakland. But that was, I, that was more surprising to me than the Jacksonville game, to be honest. Yeah, or really the Bears game even. I mean, it just goes to show that every week in the NFL, it's that game of inches and all these teams are so good that, you know, they have a lot of talent on them. Sometimes you just can string it together in different ways and pull off some upsets that uh, just are pretty unpredictable. Looks yeah. like uh, uh, Odell Beckham and both Odell Beckham and Zeke, uh, you know, returned to form this week, but again, just was not enough for, uh, for Dr. Starbury to take it over the executive branch. No, uh, he played both of his New England running backs, and they totaled they totaled six point four points for him. Yeah, so I mean that was all Brady that game. We'll get to, we'll get to Tommy Boy, but uh, I don't know. I I mean I started two running backs on the same team, and it worked out well for me. But that's generally a risky strategy, I think. Yeah, and I think with New England, it's really tough to have those running backs. You never know what Bill Belichick's going to do. He's the hardest to predict a game script for. Yeah. Well, I think Rex Burkhead was out this week, so it kind of comes down to both of those two guys. But, yeah, still, it's just hard to pick with the Patriots unless you have a Brady or a Cooks or a Gronk. The, The running game is just impossible to predict in New England. Yeah. But, yeah, wow. Uh, Vaughn. Another, the second lowest score, not even cracking 100 at 91. And now he is our current draft slave. So, I mean, I'm sure he's, he's got a lot of talent on his team. I'm sure they'll turn it around. But it's really nice to see him down at the bottom there. <laughs> yeah. I see uh, Howard's got Cobb. Is Cobb going to play this week? Actually, I think he is. I think he is going to play this week. I think he was pulled off the injury report. Uh, yep. Yeah, I see that now. Well, we can talk about that in a little bit, too. Yeah. You know, Howard's got a lot of talent there. I mean, he's got talent on his bench with his quarterback. He, uh, all his quarterback, well, aside from Eli, he's got some, well, Eli will put up the points from time to time. He's got some good three quarterbacks that you can rotate in and, uh, you know, win some games with those. Kind of hard to guess which one's going to do well on any given week. I'll bet he starts starting Watson more frequently. Yeah. Yeah, they all seem to have a pretty good floor, though, this season. Probably at least get your 15 points for most games. Yeah. I, I think with uh, the way the Chiefs' offense is running right now and Alex Smith's ability to run, um, he's got a pretty high floor. And Watson's ability to run has a, gives him a pretty high floor. I don't know why he was only projected to get 11 points this last week put up 21, uh, but it's hard to bench Eli, too, because he could get those garbage time touchdowns. Although, I don't know, I think I might bench Eli, just the Giants' offense has been just garbage, but Beckham's been out. So you know, a lot of these teams, it kind of just feels like, it feels like every season we do this. It's like the first two, three weeks, people start hitting, you know, freaking out and panicking about their players not performing, these guys getting too old, like Eli Manning and Carson Palmer and all this stuff, and oh, they're just done for, and then week three or four comes by, and they just throw up, you know, 20, 30 points, and people are like, oh, yeah, I guess these guys are good, and there's a reason why they've been playing in the NFL for so long. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's not so much about, like, their age or anything. I just think it's just the league in September. Um, 
I, I avoid betting on the NFL. I try to at least uh, early in the season, just because it's so unpredictable. Uh, it's like an extended preseason almost yeah. these first, these, this first month. And then teams kind of settle in and we understand their identity and who they are and what the teams are going to do uh, more consistently. But yeah, this first month you have games like the Jacksonville game or that Oakland game, just very surprising games. Uh, I guess the Bears game too. Very yeah. surprising. Um, but yeah, that was a good win for Howard, and he's two and one, third place. So, so he could be there for a while. Yeah, and some good point totals. So he maybe you know keep climbing with those points. Well, you had mentioned being Bears fan. Let's jump into a game between two Bears fans. There's uh, Seven Costanza versus GM's Jerky Boys. And, uh, you know, George Michael was my uh, predict to my lock of the week, and he did not pull it off. Brett. Oh, uh, he didn't. Brett coming in with a solid performance. All his guys, you know, not too many not too many duds. Only, you know, Kyle Rudolph being a real dud. But a lot of the tight ends really have been well, this year. You look at the yeah, other side of it. Travis. Yeah, exactly. He outscored Travis Kelsey. So, you know. 0.9 to 0.6. You're <laughs> not at your computer. One reception, one yard for Travis Kelsey. Well, I guess Christian McCaffrey did, did kind of get it going this week. Or all receiving. Nine catches, 101 yards. But, uh, yeah, not much. Not much. That Carolina offense is pretty rough. And, you know, I know uh, it's hard for Travis to have Aaron Rodgers on his team, but. Uh, you know, putting up 25 points, and he's the only quarterback to throw for over 300 yards each game this season. So he's going to keep riding oh, yeah. that as much as he hates it. Yeah, I mean, that was his first-round pick. Um, speaking of first-round picks, Antonio Brown had another good game, put up <laughs> an even 22. Yeah, yep, yep. I'm <laughs> still doing fine at wide receiver. It, it wouldn't have mattered this week, but... I'm sure okay. it's going to be just a running commentary the entire season. Yes, it will uh, be. We'll see how it all shakes out at the end. Well, uh, so far he's outscored LaShawn McCoy in three consecutive weeks. Yeah, well, and we, we talked about Doug Baldwin, uh, Brett, kind of wondering about that as a keeper in, in the third round and putting up 21 points, uh, looking pretty good right now, although it, that may have been a garbage time touchdown. I'm not sure exactly how he got that Possibly. one. Possibly. Yeah, but he's he is pretty good. Uh, he's just Wilson's security blanket, especially yeah. with Jimmy Graham. Kind of well, Jimmy Graham, I, I benched. We'll get to that later. But he's, I think, by far the most trusted receiver on Seattle. And so if they get down like that, they're definitely going to be throwing to Baldwin. Um, but he, I guess, yeah, he didn't really do much in the first few weeks. But Seattle as a team didn't really do much. They got nine points in week one against Green Bay and then 12 against San Francisco in week two. So I don't know what's up with that Seattle. And then all, most of their points came in garbage time uh, against Tennessee this week or last week. Yeah. They, they we, should be better against Indy on Sunday night. And if Baldwin's going to get, you know, 10, 10 receptions and 15 targets and, you know, he's going to get those points. You're going to get those half point PPR and that's oh, really going to sure. help. So yeah. as long as he keeps going to that, you might as well keep plugging him in. Yeah. Yeah, what about, definitely a starter. What about Chris Thompson, man? That was another one. unbelievable. Yeah, Brett's in his flex position, 32 points. Man. Wow. And uh, yeah, tw- he had 24 the week before that. I It doesn't show me the receiving numbers. I know that 
most of that 32 points came on receptions. He's a, a pass-catching he running back. but Yeah, seven receptions and 58 receiving. Or, or I'm sorry. That's, uh, he, had you know, he, had a, he busted like a 70-something. Yeah, 100. Uh, well, he got that bonus for over 125, 150 yards. So. What did he, how many receiving yards did he finish up with? 150. 150? 150, yeah. Oh, nice, getting it on the top there. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, it's hard to see him having this kind of sustained success, but he's been doing it, so we'll see. He'll be, he'll be an interesting one to watch. That, that like little bubble screen that he had against Oakland was pretty incredible this last yeah. week. Oh, man. Travis, Sammy Watkins, and uh, Duke Johnson. Going to have to find some ways to get those guys into your uh, into your lineups. They've been getting thrown up numbers. Well, Duke's been escalating quickly. Uh, Sammy just blowing up this week. I, I wouldn't have trusted him beforehand either. So now now he can look to those and maybe figure a way to get him into the, the lineup now that he's seen that they can put up some, some damn good points. Yeah, maybe get away from the Carolina offense a little bit. He's got two... Carolina starters. Um, I, Benjamin was he the one that got hurt? Benjamin or was that Funchess that got hurt? No, but uh, Benjamin did. Funchess came off the waiver wire this week. Okay. Well, that should make it an easy decision for Travis. I guess you wanted to start your Panthers against New Orleans, but they just farted. Oh yeah. wow! And nobody could have predicted that wild Thursday night game, the forty-one to thirty-nine. Uh, no. Golf has been looking pretty good this year. I, uh, I mean, I think Watkins is going to be a consistent starter for Travis going on from here on out. But it's hard to trust Browns, and I don't know if I don't mean I don't mean Brown people. I mean Browns team, and Duke Johnson Jr. is going to be a, a hard one to trust. I for if it was me, I mean, he got a touchdown this week, but they played Indy. Yeah, so, watch what watch what you say there, because Duke is Brown and he does play for the Browns, so. That is, that's true, he, but he's also got a really cool name called Duke. Yeah, uh, give it that to him. And he's one of those receiving backs. He's good for the PPR. Yeah, him and Chris Thompson, Tariq Cohen, who's I, who I've got. Um, I, I got I to gotta say, I still really love, I'm really happy that our league went to this half-point PPR. I think it really brings some value to a lot more guys that would just over otherwise be overlooked, and everything would be so touchdown-dependent on who you were starting. For sure. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I think it was one of the better moves that we've made in a while. Um, I see Howard has, or not Howard, Travis has OJ Howard on his bench, the rookie from Tampa. And uh, I think that if, Nick, if you're listening, you're going to be very disappointed if this is the first time you're realizing this, but he's a deep keeper sleeper for, I think, Nick Broom. So it looks to me like Travis is stashing OJ Howard. Uh, with the intent of keeping him later, but I don't know. Maybe he's just a, a good backup for Kelsey. But well, he's also got Ingram, uh, the Giants' tight end on a. Oh bench yeah. Too. What the fuck is he doing with three tight ends? Well, and from oh, what man. I know, Howard OJ Howard's the blocking tight end in Tampa Bay, so they're really not going to be using him much in the passing game. Cameron Brate's got that role locked down. I, I mean, they didn't they didn't use a first round draft pick on a strictly blocking tight end. OJ Howard is a very good tight end. I mean, he demolished Clemson in the national championship two years ago, and then I don't remember exactly what he did last 
national championship, but I'm, I remember him playing pretty well. He didn't have 200 yards and two touchdowns, but he's, he can run and he can catch, and he just so happens to be a very good blocker. And so they've been using him as a blocker, uh, which is kind of the way the Bears have used Adam Shaheen, their rookie tight end, which is just kind of strange that you have these super athletic rookie tight ends that you're asking to block more than go out and run routes. Um, I think I think it's just kind of that rookie pecking order kind of thing. You know, make them get out there, learn the plays that where they have to block, and then you know get them involved in the offense when you can trust that they know the playbook. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mentioned in my Bears Thoughts blogs, if you guys uh, ever read that, I don't know if anyone does, but I talked about uh, rookie tight ends and how they're, they have kind of an even more difficult transition to the NFL because they have to learn kind of two positions, you know, because they're, they're blockers and then they're also, you know, receivers, pass catchers. And so they have to learn the, all, the, all these, you know, different blocking assignments and then also learn the route tree. And, you know, like running backs have to block too, but that's more just like, okay, your assignment is to stand next to the quarterback and hit whoever gets there first, you know, pick up the blitz. Uh, tight ends have to actually have like intricate blocking schemes. They have to know, like identify who else on the line is going to block who in the uh, front seven on the defense and then, you know, adjust accordingly. So they've got tight ends have a lot to learn. So maybe some of these rookie tight ends will put up bigger numbers in the second half of the season when they get a little bit more acclimated to NFL. Yeah. We'll see. Um, well, speaking of tight ends that can actually play and uh, who are getting uh, scores, let's move over to the, the match between cyber seat throw and horizontal pass plays. Beautiful, and beautiful transition. I like that. We've got Rob Gronkowski putting up the numbers like he always does, 18.9 points, uh, about the only tight end that is reliable and uh, scoring a lot of points each week. Yeah, he's so good. I, that's what uh, Adam Shaheen is going to be like one of these days. You just watch watch and see. Um, yeah, he's you know, just gronking, and he appears to be healthy. Uh, hopefully that can last because he is a lot of fun to watch play if you're not playing against him in fantasy. But when he's healthy, like, was it this week or last week? I don't, one of these weeks he just absolutely just murdered somebody. He caught a deep pass, like, on the eight-yard line, and one of these safeties tried to tackle him, and he just shoved him, shoved him down out of bounds and walked into the end zone. He's He is truly an animal. Yeah. He got his 70th touchdown pass or reception this week, and he's probably disappointed off of being on off of that 69, but <laughs> now he just has to get 169. Yep, he's well on his way. Uh, that's a lot to ask, but we'll see. If he stays healthy, he, he could do it. I mean, he's an animal. He's, he's unbelievable. Um, who else played good here? Well, Sean's a lot of a lot of twenty pointers. There are a lot of guys hovering right around there. You know, Casey defense, Carlos yeah. Hyde, Devonta Freeman, Jordy Nelson. All of them getting twenty points or more. His quarterbacks were both up around twenty. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's just some consistency out of there. That's great. You're not going to win the week for the quarterback, but I mean, oh yeah, I would take what is it, thirty five total combined for the two. That's a little bit light on quarterback, but I would I would take thirty five guaranteed. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at the other side. Breeze had 20, but Wentz only had 13. There's 33 for you. And 
don't know. The quarterback quarterbacks have been pretty inconsistent this year. I think wasn't weren't we talking about Wentz as a top five or ten guy last week? And I mean, they won, so you know you can't say anything against Wentz because they won. But he didn't really put up a lot of numbers this week. Yeah, but it doesn't look like that was in their game plan because he didn't have any interceptions or fumbles. So it's not like he didn't. I mean, he took care of his job. It must have been the way that they decided the matchup. And they had that. Did you see the clip about uh, for that 61-yard field goal right before the, they kicked the field goal? Uh, no. Carson, Carson Wentz is standing on the sideline. He goes, "You know what? I'll give him. I'll give him my game check if he hits this." Oh, really? Like, he's mic'd up, and you see it. And and then they drill it. And uh, yeah, he's, he's wow. out screaming. <laughs> so, That's pretty awesome. I wonder if he follows through on that. I bet he does. I mean, yeah, he's a second overall pick. He's doing fairly well financially, especially so. since his uh, since he was mic'd up for it. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of got to. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, who's oh, maybe on Bell had pretty good. Oh, look at Matt Prater had 19 points for Nauman as the kicker. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. It still wasn't enough to beat Sean Carr. Yeah, and well, he hit up against Matt Bryan who had 14 points. I also heard an interesting stat that every person, every player in that game who had a single digit uh, number, all of their names began with Matt, or uh, were Matt, yeah. Oh, really? On Atlanta and uh, Detroit side. So, oh, just, yeah, both their quarterbacks. Stafford yeah. and Ryan. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and their kickers. and Yeah, uh, obviously, yeah. I think there's six of them total, though. There's a couple other players. Yeah, too. I don't know. I can't think of who else would be in there, but that's that's. I, I kind of want to look at the rosters, but <laughs> we, can save, we can save that for later. Um, let's move on to the next one. All right. The, the win is better at that than I am. The win of the week, I mean, Peter Higgins putting up almost 100 points more than Mother Boy uh, with the child-eating pale men just eating those little Mother Boys. Yeah, every once in a while you just got to drop your pants and slap your dick across the face of a champion, and that's what the child-eating pale men did today or this week. Yeah, yeah. tell us about your strategy going into this game, Pete. How, how did you fit, put together this monstrosity of a team? Uh, I just wanted to play all of my best players, and – that didn't exactly work out, but I got over 200 points, and so it did work out. <laughs> I got a lot of help from the Patriots, from uh, Brady, who cashed me 20 bucks this week. Or, cashed me outside. Yeah. Uh, Cooks, <clears throat> sorry, Cooks finally came to life a little bit there. He'd been starting pretty slow, and so it was nice to have a, a huge game from him. That's kind of been his MO, though, even back to New England, is he'll put up these six to ten point games, and then just explode for 30. Uh, it's just hard to predict. A.J. Green started off well against your Packers with a touchdown on the first drive, and then finished up pretty well, got 22 points, looking alive, but unfortunately the Bengals couldn't hang on to that game. Got Kareem Hunt, who's just, I mean, I'm 95% sure he's the number one guy in fantasy so far. He's just been unreal every week. It's got to slow down at some point, but so far it hasn't. And then finally, I had the Bears running backs uh, just plowing their way through the Pittsburgh Steelers' defensive front. It's nice. Good to see. Uh, it, was an, it was an excellent game to be at. A lot of fun. Yeah, and Tariq uh, got that touchdown called back, but it didn't stop the Bears from winning. Yeah, I mean, Howard got the next 
two carries and, you know, took him two carries to get into the end zone. I think he had uh, 16 and then 19 yards or something like that. Hold on, I need headphones. What? Oh, hi, Gus. Oh. Gus oh, hello, Gus. We got a surprise visitor. Gus Gustavo Guzman is dropping in on the podcast. I'm going to... I'm going to mute him for a second until he can get his shit together. But, uh, yeah. we Does he know like, that he needs headphones? Yeah, he, he was just shouting that out. So, uh, Well, good. Oh, this will be fun. We'll, we'll look at his thoughts here in a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll talk about what's going on on the other side of the, the game right now, and that's with Mother Boy. Um, Todd Gurley putting up 35 points. I bet you were a little scared going into the weekend after Todd Gurley had done that. Yeah, uh, last week we talked with about, talked with Sean Carr about the Thursday night game, and I I specified Gurley and said I wasn't scared of him. I thought uh, he's been inconsistent, and these NFC West games are always wacky, and the Thursday night games are especially wacky. But yeah, he fucking Hello. dominated. Hi, Who's Gus. Up? How are you? What's up? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Gus, you're, you're dropping in on our fantasy football podcast. I just uh, said an open invite, hoping somebody would bite, and I'm happy that you're joining oh, yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, is this a podcast? Yeah. yeah. You're live. We're, you're live. Oh. Cool. Does that make you uncomfortable, Gustavo? No. Can everyone <laughs> see me, or I'm just... No. Just Do you know me? how podcasts work? Yeah. And and nobody is viewing it right now. Nobody views this live, but we do send it out uh, later tonight for everybody to enjoy before the weekend on their commutes to work. So, Gus, uh, tell tell the people what you've been up to lately. Um, well, I've been up to a lot of things, actually. Um, I currently – I'm actually not doing well. I, I, I don't know if you guys know, but I have chronic bursitis, and I just had, like, a flare-up today, so my elbow is not doing super well. But um, other than that – Your elbow? Yeah. So That's, Gus is on injury report this week for the Chicago Bears. I'm on injury report. Yes. Sorry to hear so that, I'm, Gus. It's okay. I probably won't be playing on Sunday. I thought bronchitis was a lung issue, so I don't know. It was. I don't know how that affects your elbow. It's spread is to it? his elbow. It's very severe. Oh, yeah. It's Everything it's, is a little bit not, for you. Uh, septic or anything, but it's, uh, it's definitely uncomfortable, to say the least. Oh, well, put on those sunglasses. That'll help. There. Yeah, your, elbow, your elbow feel better? It looks better. It it does. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. Um, but no, otherwise, it's been a pretty good day. I'm excited for the weekend. I'm off on Friday. So I uh, got really no nice. good plans. I'm going to go to Three a wedding day. for a friend from high school I don't really want to go to. Oh. Well, Where's that? Yeah. It's in Wheeling. Did we talk about that yesterday? <laughs> yeah. I told you oh, yeah. to go to Wheeling for a wedding. Yeah. Because you're going to like a downtown wedding, I guess, or something. Well, the wedding that I'm going to is out in the Burbs, too. It's at some Greek church in like Deerfield or something. Um, but then the, yeah, but I think you the reception's down in downtown somewhere. Nice. So a lot of cool. a lot of driving for me on Saturday. But so at least. What I'll, about public transportation? You, Gus. I guess that as a minority, you're used to public transportation, but I don't diddle in that sort of nonsense. Oh, man. Here come the brown. <laughs> I Gus, I we're, think that we need to make this about race, Peter. <laughs> I didn't make it about race until you did bringing up public transportation. Public transportation. <laughs> <laughs> this just in, in an ironic twist of fate, Gus has been transferred to the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Should I take explain his elbow injury? 
Uh, although he does, uh, yeah. well, he is adamant that he is still a bear. Yeah, I, uh, wrong joint. I should, yeah. I should have taken the knee. <laughs> ben, I'm not allowed to I make. Thank you guys for if you're gonna make if you're gonna make gay jokes. That's not okay. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I will uh, let you guys go. Oh, it was a wait, pleasure. Gus, Gus yeah. before you go, quick quick prediction. Tomorrow night, Thursday night football, Packers versus the Bears. You got to score. Oh, pre- don't give them the team names. Just ask them who wins. I, I mean, I can't, uh, I can't give a score. I do think that, uh, you know, both teams are going to go out there. They're, they're going to they're gonna do well. I think they will be surprised. Um, How well they do? Well, not both. I just think, I mean, the, the Bears are on a kick, and I think that, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything to jinx what will happen, but I think that, you know, I think we're all in high spirits, and, you know, I hope that it keeps going. I just, you know, it's inevitable that we'll be, they'll be a letdown, and, you know, I think that, I think we're going to go down before we go back up. But overall, I think it'll be a good game, and I definitely say the last five minutes will be worth tuning in for. Oh, fantastic! Nice, some surprisingly yeah. insightful, yeah, insightful analysis from from Gus. I love it. Well, Gus, thank you. The question everyone wants to know, though, is: Will everyone have fun tomorrow night? Well, that that actually, I, I can't, I can't even speak on that. I think that the obviously the the team that wins will have had a great time, and the team that yeah. loses will not. But they're playing a game, so really right. everyone so, has fun. And in a perfect world, I guess, you know, whether we you're locking arms or... World, Good point. Well, Good no, point. We, we don't. Um, Pete, I see your fans on, though. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good that's good observation. It's a good I fan. Leave it. I, haven't turned, I haven't turned that fan off since I moved in here. <laughs> no, it's, it's been on. It's been on on stop. I was actually going to come out stop by a little bit ago. I was semi-motivated to take a walk, but... Quickly discouraged, oh. and now I'm watching TV in South Park. So well, no, now you're you're talking to us. Now I'm on the but I'm glad that that happened. Yeah, yeah, we're Thank we're you. so happy to have you, Gus. Thanks, guys. I'm I'm happy that I got the invite, and uh, you know, let's have your people talk to my people. Maybe we'll, we can get this to be a regular thing. All what right. Do you mean your people? Uh, my <laughs> my my publicist. Peter, oh, okay. You know, as the, that handles my appearances. All right. Well, so. if I can, if I can get a pair of those shades, then I think that we could work something out. Absolutely. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Gustavo, G-O-O-S-E-T-A-V-O, shameless plug. Um, Love it. (laughs) But I'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye, guys. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. That was fun. (laughs) That was great. Good. We had a little guest there. Before he had a chance to leave, I ejected him. So that was fun for me, too. Oh, that was mean. <laughs> um, oh, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, all right, well, let's get back to sports. Um, yeah, well, well, let's just recap. Uh, Child Eating Pale Men dominated. They won the quarterback of the week. Uh, they won the weekly winner with the most quarterback points, and they are now 2-1 and one and somehow in first place with all those stupid points. So let's yeah, move on. A lot of, I don't want to hear you now. I should be 3-0. If I, had, if I had only signed a goddamn dumbass, stupid fuck kicker, I would have won week one, and I'd be three and zero and just pissing down on all of you with extra vigor this this week. Ooh, gotta love that vigor. Yeah, well, vigor vinegar. Uh, so now, Pete, unfortunately for you, well, maybe you can do it two weeks in a row. For week four, the weekly payout winner will be the team with the overall highest score. Yeah, I expect that to be me again. Not worried. So that's the easiest one I'm going to win all year. And if anybody's wondering how I'm keeping track of this, if you go to the league and look at the message board, it's the only topic that's on the message board. And I updated each week with whoever the winner was so we can all keep track. 
and how many points they had. So you can double check and recheck and make sure that, yes, your person did not score more points. Yeah, that is a, a useful tool. All right. Well, uh, let's talk about the transactions that happened over yes, let's. the last day. I sat, I sat pretty. I didn't think I needed to make too many adjustments to my 200-point scoring team, so I don't really know what happened. Why don't you give us a little uh, recap there, Ben? Well, uh, let's look at the bids. There's some interesting bids here, uh, just a couple. Uh, I outbid uh, horizontal pass plays by $1. You heard it, $1. I won a bid because I bid $1 more. The system works, Sean. So, well that's what, so I bid $4 and got Andre Ellington. We'll see if he uh, anything works out for him in Arizona. I don't know. It's a little speculative. Nah, and then I mean, I think Chris Johnson's the guy to own there, but that's another tricky situation until David Johnson gets back. Um, it's hard to trust much of anything going on. Yeah, I'm game. not. I'm not starting him until I see something good. But you know, got to get those running backs potential. Uh, and then when will Smallwood? Uh, the first bid was me for four dollars. I got outbid by Mother Boy for twelve dollars, but. Horizontal pass plays comes in with $17 as the winning bid. Uh, so those were the, the uh, contested bids. And then the other transactions that we had, Ooh. looks like we had, let's start at the bottom here, quite a few. We had Jared Goff spent $31 uh, by Mr. Pete Higgins. Uh, I overpaid it for him a little bit, but I think that's money well spent. He's a good quarterback right now. He's doing real well. Uh, you know, got to get your guy. You know, it's better to to get him than to not, I guess. And he's uh, a, I spent a lot of number one overall pick last year. Uh, I I look at him as a, a valuable keeper asset to either keep myself or trade away. Very well, could be. I I agree. Actually, I think that yeah, he could have very good keeper value for a tenth round pick as a quarterback if he keeps playing the way he is. Yeah, coming on strong in his second year with a new coach that, you know, everyone is just jizzing about this guy's offensive play calling. And so far it looks pretty good for the Rams. I mean, they scored 40-something points on Thursday. So we'll see. We'll see what the golfster has in store. Uh, who else do we have? We got uh, $9 spent on Matt Breda, uh, San Francisco running back by Face Police. $8 spent uh. on... No, you want to react to that a little more, or just just utter disgust? That's just a. I don't know. He sounds like Matt Asiata. I don't know if there's any connection between them other than being named Matt and having a confusing last name that ends in A. But I just don't know how you can get too excited about him. I guess he only spent nine dollars, so you know, damage is limited. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't really know anything about the guy. He just says an ugly name, and I don't like him. And he plays for San Francisco. No. Uh, horizontal pass plays spent $8 on Devin Funchess, uh, which isn't, you know, again, not a bad pickup there because he is kind of the wide receiver to own in Carolina if they can get their offense together and do yeah. anything. Yeah, they need to get their shit together. Cam needs to get it together. Um, what I mean, they're 2-1, and one, but that's because the defense has been – Phenomenal for two weeks and then shitty last week, but uh, yeah, I like I like that pickup. That's a good move. Um, you got Cameron Braid, I see, which is it goes a little bit to explain your Cameron Braid love from earlier in the pod. And I agree, I think he's a good pickup. Um, I don't know if he's that much better than Witten, but uh, 
I, I like him. Yeah, I was uh, kind of playing the matchup. So I think he's got a pretty good. T- uh, Tampa Bay's got some good uh, opponents to play against, rather than Dallas, and they've already had their bye week. So, oh yeah, uh, that's good True. too. And I'm waiting for Greg Olson to come back, so I just kind of need somebody. And no tight end's really been good, so just kind of yeah. rolling the dice. It doesn't really matter right now. Tight ends. Yeah. Why not? Why not? I also got Jacksonville for five dollars for defense, uh, dropping Baltimore like the bunch of slackers they are but watch this week baltimore yeah, just too bad you didn't have that one last week who does jacksonville play uh they got oh, the jets week. that's a good yeah. one yeah so that was easy uh i'm a, oh, I'm a, fan. a good one. yeah and we'll see so and then uh, a couple free agent transactions uh josh picked up cincinnati and dropped miami and mother boy dropped uh josh gordon to the waivers and picked up charkandrick west yeah uh probably about good time to cut bait on Josh Gordon. Although if I was, I forget who it was. I think it was Jeff Dickerson or somebody, um, some bears cover beat cover writer, uh, brought up the possibility that if, if Gordon is healthy and able to play later in the year, bears could, uh, maybe make a stab at him. I, I think that'd be interesting. They need, God, they need help at receiver. <laughs> They're so bad there. They completed – we can talk about the Bears a little bit. We'll sprinkle in some Bears talk. Well, I don't know when you want to talk about the Bears-Packer game, but just while we're talking about Bears receivers, uh, Glennon completed one pass to a Bears receiver to Deontay Thompson for, I think, nine yards. And of his 21 total attempts, Glennon had uh, six passes that – traveled more than 10 yards beyond the line of scrimmage. It's just unbelievable that they won that game with that kind of production from the quarterback. Unreal. Wow. So, yeah, the Bears could use some help from uh, <laughs> anything that they can get out of their receiver position. Yeah, well, let's, but, talk, yeah. About, let's talk about the matchup, Pete. Thursday night football. All right, let's do it. Bears, Tomorrow's Packers. Game. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time to do it. Um, I don't know. I feel pretty confident, foolishly confident after last week. Uh, the defense, like I talked about earlier, I think is really good. It's on the rise. They're healthy, uh, finally. Pernell McPhee is looking pretty good, finally healthy. When that guy's healthy, he's always he always looks good, but health has always been an issue for him. Same with uh, Eddie Goldman, their defensive tackle. He's healthy, and the run, no one's been able to run on the Bears with any uh, sustained success. And I think that their nose guard, Eddie Goldman, is a large reason for that, and their corners have played uh, very surprisingly well so far, and they're going to need to this week against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, especially on a primetime game. He seems to relish the opportunity to embarrass the Bears in front of the nation. So hopefully uh, their corners can continue to play pretty well. And I, I think we're, those... we're gonna see, we got a couple uh, inside linemen who are still hurt. So uh, you're not going to be seeing a lot of power football, but I think you're going to, I mean, Ty Montgomery has been playing real well. And I think he's, uh, they're going to be using him in all kinds of tricky ways. And especially if we can get Randall Cobb back on the field too, they kind of like do that wildcat uh, from time to time. And I think this might be a good week to bust that out and see what we can do with that. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, They're missing what um, I think they're missing both their tackles. Yeah. Blaga and Baki Atari or whatever his name is, Bakiari, whatever. Um, so that would, you know, it, 
the Bears' defensive ends have played. Akeem Hicks has been the best player on the Bears' defense, and if he's going up against a backup tackle, Rodgers is going to have to work some magic to get the ball out quick, and it's hard to, it's hard to imagine them having too much success on the ground, uh, especially with the way that the Bears have played run D and with their line beat up. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's going to be a lot of quick stuff to Montgomery and Cobb possibly. Is Jordy Nelson, Nelson back to 100%? Yeah, he's in. He had a killer game last week. Okay. Oh, yeah, I remember. I, I remember that now. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think uh, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if this is the first of one Mitchie Trubisky we see. And everyone yeah, that, gets that was going to be my big question to you. Is, is this the game that Glennon gets yanked, or is, are they going to wait until afterwards and put in Trubisky so he doesn't have to play in Green Bay yeah. for his first um, game? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think ideally I would like to see them hold off like they've been annoyingly patient in doing so far and give him, what, 10 or 11 days to prepare for Minnesota. And I, I think that unless Glenn plays really well, I think that we'll see Trubisky start uh, at home against Minnesota on Monday night. So, that I mean, that's a long break, Thursday to Monday. Uh, but if Glennon plays like he did against the Steelers and just – you know, kind of just shits over everyone's eyeballs, then, and and it's a game that they need win. And if Glenn is playing like he did, and let's say that they're tied or it's a close game like it was against the Steelers, I just don't know how Fox can look his team in the eye and say, I gave us the best chance of winning by keeping Mike Glennon in this, in this game. Like, I know that the decision is coming from above Fox. It's Pace's call, 100%. But, you know, Pace isn't down on the sideline during the game. And, uh, you know, Fox might piss him off if he puts him in. But if it's a, if it's a close game or the Bears are – or if, if the Bears are winning a close game, they're not putting in Trubisky unless they're winning and then Glennon throws a, a just a god-awful interception, which he almost had two of those in the fourth quarter last week against the Steelers. Steelers should have won that game. Glennon did not – do a goddamn thing to have the Bears win that game. Um, he almost lost it for him by a drop pick by Mike Mitchell late in the fourth quarter in the Bears' own territory when it was tied. Would have lost them the game. But, yeah, I think uh, I think we could see Trubisky. I think it's coming soon. The Steelers game was ideal for the Bears. I mean, they won, which is always nice to see, especially early in the year when you're not rooting for draft pick slot yet. Uh, and then Glennon was just atrocious. He was just so bad. It was really one of the takeaways from actually being at the game. Um, oh, and I can tell you a story about a Packer fan too. But uh was just how unbelievably unathletic Mike Clinton is. <laughs> it's just unreal. Uh, there was one, like just the, the best microcosm of his un, unathletic ability was there was a, not a toss, but a, shit, what is it called? When an off tackle run, a stretch, a stretch play, uh, where Howard is running off of the outside of the right tackle and Glennon has to stretch and get him the ball there, which shouldn't be hard for a six foot six, six foot seven guy to stretch and cover that, uh, I don't know, maybe nine to 10 feet from the center to the outside of the tackle. 
but Glennon was so slow that by the time Howard hit the handoff point, Glennon wasn't there yet. He was a, he was a half a step behind Howard, so he just had to tuck the ball and run behind Howard. <laughs> it was just it's like oh my god! And then I looked at the replay. I don't know if he tucked it, if he switched hands uh, really fast before. It's hard to imagine Mike Glennon doing anything really fast. But he didn't even have the ball in the right handoff hand when when he got there, or immediately afterwards. So I don't know. I don't have an all twenty two of that play, but it was really a it was a remarkable play just to see how unathletic a professional athlete can be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our kicker Mason Crosby is more athletic than Glennon. And I wouldn't be surprised at all. Mason Crosby, ice in his veins, kicks another game-winning field goal to give Aaron Rodgers his first overtime win in his career, which is pretty awesome. That was amazing. That not the fact that, you know, the game happened, but the that Aaron has Aaron Rodgers yeah. He's 0 and 7 or was 0 and 7. That's I I that's I don't understand it. That's yeah. ridiculous. He's, he's had a that. ton of games where he's brought him into overtime by tying it up on a game-winning or game-tying drive. But, uh, yeah, a lot of times I feel like we just haven't had the coin tosses go our way. And oh, this no. time we – well, no, no, no. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like, you know, sometimes they get scored on. And the Packers' defense isn't always great. So it always yeah. – it really makes me nervous when they get the ball first. And they Did you did know this. he was 0-7 before that? Yeah. Did I did. Oh man, I would have never ever guessed that. That was the most know. incredible. Like that's that is a more incredible stat than the Mike Lennon winning a game and throwing six balls more than ten yards past line of scrimmage. Uh, that was just incredible stat. Um, yeah, and it's really hard to be you know considered one of the greatest uh, or in the, up there you know in an upper echelon, an upper tier of uh, all time greats. Yeah, if if you don't have a overtime win and. Or if you're, we got, you have seven losses and don't have a win. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Vegas has got the over-under on this at uh, 45 and a half points. Uh, what, do you, what do you think this is going to go over-under that, Pete? Um, 45 and a half is a pretty good number, we think. Uh, if the Bears have yet to break 40 in any of their games yet. 2317 2317 and then 29 to 7. So, and on a Thursday night, I would I would probably say under, but that's no fun and I would just stay away from the over under there. Yeah, are you gonna, what about Packers covering the the spread? They give the Bears six and a half points. Six and a half. Oh, it's gone it's gone down a little bit. I I was going to ask if it was seven or seven and a half. I think it started at seven. Yeah, I think, and a half. Uh, I think you know Bears upsetting, having a good performance last week. Yeah, um, uh, that's a tough one. I I don't. Know. I think I think that they keep it closer than that. I would lean towards the Bears, but until I see the Bears play a competitive road game, uh, I I would stay away from betting on the Bears. I definitely would not bet. I mean, fandom aside, it, I would not bet on the Packers uh, to cover because the Bears have been really competitive against two really good teams. And then they got destroyed on the road in Tampa. So I want to see them play a competitive road game before I, I trust them. And I definitely don't trust the Packers who ha- who needed overtime to get past the Bengals at home this past week. Yeah. Uh, well, 
can't say much about that. I'm excited. Uh, you got plans to anywhere to go to watch, or what? What are your plans? I'm hanging out with Mr. Michael Connor and his roommates. Oh, nice! I'm excited to give you shit, and there's plenty to make fun of you about. Well, um, his two roommates are Packers fans, so oh, that's annoying. Mike isn't though, right? Mike's uh, no, of course not. Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, I'm gonna go up to Kenworth. I thought I had a doctor's appointment up in the Burbs, so I told my mom I'd stop by and. Now I don't have that doctor's appointment, but still it would be nice to stop by my parents and I'll watch at least the first half uh, up in the burbs and see how it goes. Um, just want to – two more quick quick little notes about uh, the Bears game Sunday being there. Um, Tariq Cohen and Antonio Brown, it's really just a lot of fun to watch people like that. Like they, they are – unbelievably athletic. They're so, so fast, both of those guys. Uh, Brown had a crossing route where, I don't know, maybe it was like 10, 11 yards just over the middle and just had a second gear when he ran, when he caught the ball. Uh, The Bears covered up on him pretty well, but he just beat everyone and got another three or four yards and ran, ran out of bounds, didn't get a hit. And then I think we all, you know, even need to be at the game to see what Tariq Cohen did. That guy's guy can cut like it doesn't make sense it the way he can reverse field and just run past people it's i i don't know if we've ever seen something quite like that on a consistent basis like people want to compare him to scrolls but i think he could be more he's i don't know i don't remember seeing scrolls ever doing stuff quite like Cohen has done, and especially it's his first three games as a pro. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure Tariq's got a, a working two working ACLs and two non broken arms, right? Yes, that is true. That's so he's, hope that he's, it continues that way. Yeah, um, I, I'm happy for you guys. I think you know that's cool to get something like Tariq Cohen and have him just kind of rise. And you have Howard as well, who's getting better and uh, you know getting healthier. And so that, that that's good for you guys. I've never been a a staunch hater on the Bears, so I'm just 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 when you guys play us. Well, I'm not that way with the Packers. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Bears could be. I don't want to. I, I would not be surprised if they contend for a playoff spot with uh, if they get decent quarterback play. I think they have a very underrated defense. They obviously have a very good running back running game. Receiver is an issue. But with decent quarterback play, you know, a quarterback can make his receivers better. And yeah. hopefully hopefully they at least see what, what uh, Mitchie Truboner can do soon. And I think we will. I think we'll see that soon. Oh, um, yeah. They'll take a page out of Rogers' book and, you know, uh, be a good quarterback, a great quarterback, and you'll make people like Geronimo Allison and Richard Rogers and, you know, all of them be fantasy relevant. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean that's Rogers is obviously otherworldly at that, but honestly, I've watching just Trubisky in just the preseason, he does kind of remind me of Rogers, and I know that that's a lot to throw out there, but he moves around in the pocket. Uh, I mean, they're both similar size, and they're both really athletic. They can move around, they can throw on the run. Trubisky's Trubisky's ability to throw on the run is a lot like Rogers. Um, they, he can just roll out on bootlegs and drop dimes. So I know it was in the preseason, but he's got he's got the talent, and we'll see. I mean, I, I, 
I don't know if he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time, like Rodgers is, but it's just fun to have a guy like that that you're excited about. Like the first years of the Cutler era, first five years of Cutler. It's fun. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, any, anything else fun. to talk about the Bears game, Peter? Uh, yeah, just final note. I want to tell a little story about uh, um, a Packer fan at the Bears game. And just like a, a typical idiot fuckhead Packer fan with absolutely no sense of humor. Uh, so we went in. Uh, it was so hot. It was really hot. And the sun started to creep uh, over where we were sitting. Uh, we were in the shade for most of the first half. But then right before halftime, the sun got us. And we went in. Um, my parents have nice seats. And you can go inside and cool off in the AC. Uh, and so we went in, got a table in this one big room where before the game they have this giant uh, brunch in this room, and there's a, I don't know, there's probably like four or 500 people uh, kind of gathered just around tables and Is this the beers. United Club? Yeah, the United Club. Um, oh, that's, that's where my tickets are. Oh, nice. For the Oh, well then, I'll see you there. We will have fun. We'll celebrate your dad's birthday and the yeah. Packer will win. I don't know about that. It's Brett. Brett is in there too. Brett is uh. Brett is in my section in section two hundred eight. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, Brett. I see. Brett wasn't there. He had, family had sold the tickets to some Steelers fans apparently because there were Steelers fans sitting in the seats. Uh, but anyway, section um, section two hundred four, Peter. Oh, so nice, dude. Yeah, you're right by us. Yeah, awesome. Um, okay. Sorry, guys. Yes, please go. Uh, Talk about this idiot Packer fan. Yeah. So there's like. Four or five hundred, maybe six hundred people. It's the beginning of halftime. Well, so we went in right before halftime, and I'm sure a lot of you guys saw the game, or at least saw the highlight of the end of the half, which was absolutely berserk and wild. Uh, the Bears blocked a kick, went right into Marcus Cooper's hands. He ran it back to the one yard line, had thirty yards of space. Inexplicably decided to stop running at like the ten yard line, and just was like almost standing still at the goal line and. Uh, a Steelers tight end came up and smacked the ball out of his hand behind him and went into the end zone, and then some other Steeler knocked it out of the end zone. It was chaos. No one knew what was going on. And there's all these people watching. There's there's one in this in this big room. There's just one giant TV. I mean, there's TVs littered all over the concourse, but this is like one kind of open area. You'll see it when you're there. And there's only one giant wall of TV. It's probably 20 feet by 20 feet. Everyone's watching that, and uh, <clears throat> like right after Cooper does that, there's some guy in a Brewers hat and a Packers shirt. It's like, dude, first of all, be an adult and don't wear that shit to a bear. Like, who wears opposing, like not even opposing team, just like random shit. Like when we went to the Super Bowl, uh, I mean, I just saw like people in Jags gear and Niners stuff. Like, who are these losers that are coming? To a game, and I mean, because that's the Super Bowl. This is week three of the regular season. Who comes to that in just random team gear? And especially when it's the Packers. So anyway, I, this, I, yeah, I agree. If I was at Lambeau and I saw it was them versus Cincinnati and I saw a Bears fan decked out in Bears shit and a Cubs hat, I'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, you're just a fucking loser. And so this fucking dipshit bozo meathead loser just stands up in front of the only TV that everyone's watching and just starts waving his hands and, like, just beat an ass, like, blocking the TV from people. And it's like, what are you doing, dude? And he gets booed, you know. Like, people, no one's, like, really angry. But it's like, boo, boo. And, you know, he goes and sits back down. 
Uh, and then like when the, the chaos of what was going on on the field kind of settled down and uh, we realized the Bears were definitely did not score a touchdown, didn't get a safety, they were going to get a, the ball back, and they got the ball back, and then uh, they were going to try and rush for a touchdown. They had the ball at the one-inch yard, one-inch line, and we're going to try and run it up for a touchdown, uh, which was a ballsy move instead of going for three. But then they got an offsides, and so it knocked them back to the five, and they kicked the field goal. But anyway, after they got the offsides, this, this Packer fan, who, again, has no idea what a joke is, just absolutely no idea, goes up and thinks he's funny and starts waving his hands again in front of the TV. And there's like 500 people trying to watch this TV. And it's obviously a tense moment because it's like, this is a crazy play that just happened. What's going on? And this fucking doofus is just standing there in his green Bay gear, waving his hands and blocking the screen for, for hundreds of people. And if the first time he did it, it lasted like 20 seconds and he sat down. Uh, I'm And then the second time, though, he keeps going. And I'm like, I'm like maybe 50 feet from him. Um, And then like, he just isn't stopping. I'm like, what, what's going on? And so I like, I get up and I walk to him. I'm like, all right, guy, you got to sit down now. Like, what are you going to punch me? I was like, no, I'm not going to punch me. He's like, well, I'll just, I'll get a shitload of money if you do. I was like, no idiot. I'm not going to punch you. You're being an asshole. You're being annoying. There, There are, hundreds of people who here who would like to punch you. Uh, I'm not going to do it. And I'm just walking him back to his seat at this point. Like I put my hand behind his back and kind of like urging him forward. Like, oh, well, you know, if they do, they, they can punch me if they want to. I'll get hundreds of dollars. I'll get a lot of money. Like, like whatever, man. Uh, and then he just goes and sits down. I think he, he didn't want to stand up again. I was, I was pretty close to punching him. I was like, I, I could I could punch you and I could just pretend that you pushed me first and there'd be a hundred people here who'd say that you did push me first. Um but I didn't. I just I peacefully guided the fucking moron back to his seat. But that's just you know, indicative of what a large, large percentage of Packer their Packer fans are. There are good ones like like Ben and McBroom on his happy days. But uh God there's some of you Packer fans, Ben, I just don't get it. They're just idiots. Us people, us green people. Us, you fucking cheeseheads. Yeah. Cheeseheads. So right. fuck the Packers. Go Bears. Let's get a win Thursday. Um, well, there, there's your your predictions and your, your recap of last week and a Packer fan infiltrating the Soldier Field for some stupid reason. I can't, I can't try to explain that either. Um, I mean, but, he probably had a buddy with tickets or something. Don't invite your Packer friend who's going to wear a Packer jersey to a game. Maybe, yeah, that's maybe on that guy too. Fans. That guy's a, a bad fan too. But, but I mean, like the the you're not funny. Like his actions were just insane. It's like, dude, I don't give a fuck if you're wearing a Packer jersey or like what you're wearing. You're blocking the view for you're being a dick to hundreds of people. It's not funny. It's annoying. There's no other way to look at it. There's no scenario in which oh, look at this funny guy standing there. It's like, no, it's not funny. You're stupid, and it's annoying. So, uh, well, anyway, let's go back to fantasy football. Speaking uh, of stupid and annoying, you know, this podcast is getting – we've gone long. Surprisingly, yeah, this has been long. Well, we had my, my rant about Packer fans, and then Gus joined on. So let's, let's uh, wrap up. Let's do a hot take of, like, these matchups. Let's just go well, – I'm going to go from top to bottom. You give your prediction. Yeah. Uh, so we got Liquid Hot MAGA against Executive Branch, number five versus number three. 
Uh, haven't set my lineup yet, but uh, I'm thinking Howard's looking kind of formidable. So uh, I, I'm just going to need some of my guys to really come out of the closet like Terrell Pryor. And uh, but I, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. Who do you I call? I think that um, – I don't know. I haven't really looked through, but I just – I think that Shady McCoy is going to have a big game in Atlanta on turf. And Atlanta has been – given up a lot of uh, points to running backs that can catch out of the backfield. I know they gave up a lot to Tariq Cohen. They gave up a lot to Ty Montgomery. I don't remember who they played. Oh, I don't know how Theo Riddick did last week, but I, I think that it'll be a big game from from uh, Mr. Shady McCoy. And, yeah, uh, Dalvin Cook against Detroit. I don't know. Um, I think Howard wins. Okay. Well, then let's let's just keep moving along. Let's not dive into the lineups too much. We we did a lot of recap analysis. We got uh, child eating pale men against chubby rumple pigskins, uh, looking to be both projected over 160 points right now. Yeah. Where is he getting uh, all his points from? I uh, I don't know. I'm gonna give you. I think you're gonna keep rolling. I mean, you've got the most points overall. I think you're gonna keep rolling. Get another win. Uh, I do too. Yeah. Uh, uh, seven Costanza versus Mother Boy, uh, two and one versus one and two. I think Brett's got this one actually. He's again favored by Yahoo. Um, but yeah, I think Blecka will probably make some changes. Or wait, has he already put in? Who were we talking about last? That Blecka didn't play last week. That uh, probably should have. Uh, I guess not. I guess I'm thinking of somebody else. But he's got yeah, Crowell he's got- on the bench. Who hasn't done anything? I would probably start him over Buck Allen versus Cincinnati. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know if we'll see another big game from Chris Thompson, but if we do, then I think Brett definitely wins this one. But I kind of like Black to, to bounce back. All right. Well, I'm getting I'm getting hungry here, so let's keep going along. Uh, George Michael's Jerky Boys versus Cybercito. Uh Yeah, this is going to be my lock of the week. I think Travis has had some bad luck, and uh, it's time for him to take it and beat someone who no one wants to win in Sean Carr. So I think that's going to happen. All right. Well, my lock of the week is going to be the next game, and I'm going to give that to not the guy moving pots and pans around in the background, Peter. Can you hear that? <laughs> of course I can. Well, you started talking about food. I got hungry, too. Well, give me, give me a minute here. All right, Frank. Well, I want to get some – I'm going to make some mac and cheese and boil some water. All right. So I'm going to put uh, horizontal pass plays. It's going to bury face police down into the slave dungeon. Ooh, that would be lovely. And uh, Josh is going to win this week. Um, so there's the predictions. Let's see how it all shakes out. Everybody get some popcorn, get a couple beers, and enjoy the Bears and Packers game tomorrow. Don't be yes. a shitty fan. Uh, yeah. I know nobody's going to the game, but, you know, you have some I respect. Was going to. Yeah, so, uh, everyone have fun. Go Bears. What, real quick, what uh, what are our records? Am I am I 2-0 and and you're 1-1 and for the lock of the week? Uh, yes, uh, that would be true. So you're 2-0. Okay. I've got Travis and you got Norman this week. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, go Bears. It's going to be a good, good game. Uh, oh, shit, dude. I forgot. What about uh, my questions for Nauman? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. We want to hammer those out real quick. Yeah. 
Manly Men and Shankar, how are you guys doing? This is Josh Nauman, your Iowa Hawkeye correspondent. I'm back. Ratings came in from last week. They were up. People were demanding more, and they're calling me the Sergio Dip of our podcast. So I have a quick analysis of last week's game, as well as some more questions from Pete. Uh, my analysis from last week's game, it uh, sucked. The end of the game was a real punch to the dick. I was on the edge of my seat, ready to storm the field. It was all taken away from me at the last second. Uh, then we were down at the bottom, and it took us 30 minutes to get out of the stadium before I could get back to the RV and have a beer. That also sucked. The highlight was Ben's future father-in-law, Papa Wandress, and all Hawkeye gear playing some bags. We had a good time tailgating, uh, exciting game until the very end, and Saquon Barkley is fucking unreal. He made a couple cuts in front of us that were just, he was playing on a different level than everybody else, but I think everyone can see that from TV. Now we're on to Michigan State this week, um, kind of a must win for the Hawks. If they go down 0-2, uh, really kind of be trouble for the start of the Big Ten season. But as for Pete's questions. All right, Joshua, here are the questions that I have about our Iowa Hawkeyes this week. Number one, who is Iowa's biggest, fattest, whitest lineman? It can be offense or defense. They always have one of these guys, and I want to know who it is this year. Ooh, very good question, Pete. There are a lot of actually pretty good uh, choices, especially on the offensive line to go from. Uh, for example, you have the Paulson twins. I'm not going to choose them because they don't play yet, but they're two twins from Iowa who have an Amish-style beard. It looks ridiculous. Uh, but I'm going to have to go with Boone Myers. I mean, first, his name is Boone. Uh, it's just a classic white fat guy name, Boone. And he's a big guy. And he's the guy that anytime an lineman gets hurt, they just, hey, Boone, get in there. He runs in and takes their place. It doesn't matter if it's guard, center, left, right side. Hey, Boone, get in. Um, for defense, I'm going to go a different route, though. It, it's classic white defense alignment for Iowa is like a smaller, scrappy guy that every time he gets in, they says he's undersized, but high motor guy. Uh, so the high motor guy in this year's team would be Parker Hesse on the line. Plus he has a mullet. And that's just a, a classic Iowa lineman look. Small white guy with a mullet. Okay. Is that like enough time? Mm-hmm. All right. Question number two. And here we get a little more personal. Uh, does Iowa have any four-star recruits? And if not... Why has Kirk gone away from illegally smuggling kids' money like he did in 2005, back when they had that great or supposedly great recruiting class? It was like number three in the country, uh, centered around Jake Christensen, and who was a dickweed. Um, does he just does does Kirk have just a sour dickweedish taste in his mouth from a decade ago? <laughs> um, I think my answer here is. Iowa really got caught up making their new practice facility. They were putting in hundreds of millions of dollars into replacing that and making it nice. They didn't have any leftover capital to pay recruits, so we struggled a little bit. That got done a couple of years ago, so 
hopefully we're going to turn that money around and now start paying some guys. We did get a five-star recruit, not just a four, but a five-star recruit, uh, which is pretty wild for Iowa last year, AJ Epinesa. He's already one of our best linemen. He played quite a bit against Penn State. It looks like he could be pretty good. Uh, and they got some other four-star guys too last year. So uh, the money is hopefully flowing through to those high school kids now. And number three, um, after the this uh, brutal that that was a, a rough game, but uh, against Penn State. But after after the the quote unquote moral victory against Penn State, in which you hung hung tough, ah, that would have been fun. That's a bummer. But anyway, uh, I'll get to the, the question here. After the the Penn State quote moral victory, has Hawkeye Nation officially moved into the hey, we might be able to take the West this year kind of mindset again. You guys just, have you hit, what? where is the Hawkeye fan level of delusion right now? That's that's what the question basically boils down to. So how deluded are you? How disappointed are we all going to be at the end of the year? Answer, yes. Yes, we have. We absolutely think we can take the West. Uh, unless we lose this weekend, then forget I said that and we're toast. But, uh Starting with a win this week, I think Iowa has a legit chance to take the West. I mean, they got to play Ohio State and Wisconsin still. But, I mean, everyone else in the West kind of sucks too besides Wisconsin. Nebraska sucks. Minnesota is Minnesota. Northwestern sucks. So we have a chance. And, uh, and again, as long as we beat Michigan State this weekend, which is a 3 o'clock game, another another really weird uh, kickoff time, very non-Big Ten kickoff time, 3 o'clock slot. And all I know about Michigan State, everyone was saying they were back after the first two weeks. They didn't give up a defensive touchdown, uh, or an offensive touchdown to the other team, I should say. But they were also playing Bowling Green and some Mac schools, and then they ended up getting smoked by Notre Dame. Uh, that all started because they turned the ball over uh, like crazy at the beginning and spotted Notre Dame some points. That's that's all the rundown I have for Michigan State. So hopefully Hawks can pull out a victory, uh, get in, get one of the win column in the Big Ten season, and go Hawks. Okay, thank you for answering my questions, Naman. That was very informative, and I will learn something when I hear the answers. Uh, that was our resident Iowa Hawkeye expert, Joshua Nauman. Thanks, Josh, and uh, always appreciate your wisdom. And go Hawks. Go Hawkeyes. Goodbye, everyone. Love you guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Love you guys. The end of the podcast, I suppose.